Hey, She Slays listeners. Before we get into the episode, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, the Focus Academy. So you know chiropractic can help kids, but you lack confidence in your knowledge or communication skills to educate parents in your community. I've got a solution for you. The Focus Academy gives you the training and education to understand the why behind those wins and challenges you're seeing in clinic. They teach you how to perform a full brain-based exam, how to go beyond just the subluxation, but stay principled in your chiropractic approach and address and understand the consequences on brain development. They take a two-pronged approach. First, clinical solutions taught in a way that gives you full access to a deeper and more comprehensive understanding and breaks those techniques and approaches down into digestible and practical steps. Second, right now strategies you can employ wherever you are in your training. You'll learn how to seamlessly ask and answer the big questions in your clinical exams and re-exams and have it actually inform the whole child approach and care planning in a way your patients will understand. And since you're a She Slays listener, you'll get free access to the Focus Academy's Kickstart program. Just click the link in the show notes to get started on your journey to improving your practice. Welcome to the She Slays the Day podcast with Dr. Lauren Brunslick. Direct, soulful, comedic, advice for female chiropractors' most stagnating questions. Let's talk business, marriage and relationships, momming, and self-development. Here's your host, Dr. Lauren Brunslick. Hey everyone, this is Dr. Lauren and you are listening to the She Slays the Day podcast and I am super happy you're here and Kirby is back with me. I'm always here. You're, you are actually in the room most of the time when I'm recording. Yeah, I just try and stay quiet. But if you ever hear like clicking, it's because oh. my computer's on the other side of the wall. And, and then I turn and give you a death stare. She really does. Last episode, you were twirling that pen that's in your hand right now and it squeaked. And did you see me? I just threw it across the room because I know I'm going to twist it. Give you the death glare of like, twist that pen again and I will shove it in an orifice. Um, okay, so this is part two. Okay, if you didn't, if you can't read titles or Student this is maybe automated. Electric Boogaloo. Can I name it that? What did you name it? Student Loans 2 Electric Boogaloo? No. No? No, you cannot name it that. Oh. You're going to name it that. Um, you don't know how to edit the I uh, don't know how to edit a podcast. Show, so. Go back and listen to episode one. I mean, you don't really have to have to, but I would highly recommend listening to episode yeah, We are not recapping. One. This is going to be a I lot of recapping like, shit. Yeah. This episode is predicated on you have listened to one, you agree with our general philosophy, and now this is the how-to. I mean, they don't have to like totally agree. You I would have still, to agree with you, this. I, mean, I want you to raise your right hand. No, I think, I think that even if... You were like, ah, okay, I listened to that. I did my homework because we gave them homework. Um, and I talked to my husband or I talked to my financial advisor because damn girl, get it, get it. In one week you did all that, like Good impressive. Job. And Party. you're like, and I'm not going to do it. I'm still going to do the 25 year thing. That's cool. I still think you can get a lot out of this. Yeah, that's true. I, I mean, this so. is in general advice mm -hmm. for paying down any debt for managing your finances. So it's not. Yeah. Yeah, and I have referenced multiple times that I am like a big fan of um, scrappy living. Mm -hmm. So you can live your best life. No, like, so, you know, anyways, we're not going to go into that. Everything. Because like, well, people ask, like people give us crap all the time about how much we travel. And I'm like, okay, first of all, and I wave that finger. First of all, we paid off our loans. Uh, second of all, we live pretty darn small everywhere else because traveling and seeing the world is so important. It's not like a nice thing. It is like a, it's a, a high priority of, to us. It's, it's a high priority. It's not yeah. like, Oh, I just want to. It's like, well, everybody wants to not be at work and travel. Um, we have made that a priority. And so therefore live small. It's just not as fun to show you pictures on Instagram of me living small bitches. Anyways. Hashtag Lauren. I don't know. Hashtag Lauren. I don't know why I said that. Hashtag living small. We'll just like start posting things that you're sad about of like, I'm drinking my own coffee instead of going to a coffee shop. Yeah. Hashtag well, small living. Yeah. <laughs> One thing we don't talk about in strategy to small living, live in a town where there's no exciting restaurants to go to. So therefore you're a better, like, so you just cook your own meals. My car is a 2006 car that's fully paid off that I have no interest in buying another car. It has 200,000 miles on it. Yeah. So hashtag living small. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
So before we jump into strategy, um, it is time to do a listener highlight. And I'm going to keep, I swear I didn't make this one up, um, but I am going to, it just, it's vulnerable. And so I'm going to keep the name private, but she'll know who she is. Um, so it says, this is a DM. So you who knows who you are, if you felt like going to Apple Podcasts and putting this as an actual review, I'd hook you up with some stickers. Um, you don't have to DM me, DM me your address. But so this is from an unknown female to you all. It says, I just want to say, I've been going through such a rough time with practicing because I left a toxic workplace and then my boyfriend broke up with me at the same time. I've slowly started again listening to your podcast and it's been helping me raise my vibration. Thank you for making this podcast. You guys, that is the shit that I love. That is just awesome. Just like I was going on with my Monday like, man, today's a day. And then I get that and it just. That makes it all worthwhile. It makes me happy. So shall we pray? Let's pray. Okay. Dear God, thank you again for the opportunity to talk on this very important issue. Um, please be with everyone who is listening to this and feels despair and is feeling buried by such a big problem. Um, again, help us bring them hope um, and mirth and light uh, and know that ultimately, while this is a worldly problem that needs to be faced, uh, it is not who we are. Our money is not who we are. And our connection with you, our connection with each other is the most important thing. And know that they're surrounded by love and encouragement from us and from all the people around them. And to focus on what's truly important uh, and be content in what truly matters, which is your love and the connection with other people. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Three things. One, I got distracted because I don't know what mirth is. Mirth is like joy and uh, happiness and levity. I've never heard that word before in my life. Mirth? Do you want me? I'll get you a definition. Hold on. Mirth? Did, is uh, it related did I mention to how good mirth? I did on my SAT verbals? <laughs> is that like, so, so that's got to have a root language connected to myrrh then, right? Because they're like the same. Second of all, as I got distracted during your prayer of what the heck is mirth? Did he say mirth or worth? Then it got really sweet. That was really sweet. You're right. We're not defined by how much money we make. And, you know, like last episode, we talked about how our last, you know, we had to pay $10,000. Like, there are people who heard that and probably thought like, literally thought less of themselves and their worth because they couldn't make a $10,000 payment. And that sucks. And God doesn't want that. Like that. Yep. Don't do, do that. Not, whenever we say those things, we're saying, we're saying a thing that happened to us. And while we are proud of that, we by no means are saying that we are better or you are worse. Everyone's situation is so, so different. And you always have to remember too, like a lot of people who are in this situation are in this weird time of life between 25 and 40, probably as mm -hmm. a lot of our listeners. Yep. And you see all the things around you and you see all the people who are hashtag killing it because we live in Instagram world of everyone just brags about the good things they do and they don't mm -hmm. show you all the bad stuff. And you forget that life is long and you forget that a lot of people don't have their stuff figured out and you forget that. Some of the people who you think are great, who it seems like they always had it made, didn't find their footing until they were 45 or 50 or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, don't don't get too bogged down in this. Hopefully our advice helps and it is somewhat relatable. But if it's not relatable to you right now, don't think it won't be in five years. You're taking the first step on a long journey. Yeah. Third thing. Um, it kind of goes right into stuff, though. So tithing okay we're not gonna talk about tithing mm -hmm. but like the idea of we didn't plan on talking about this so sorry to surprise you no, but like when we were paying back our loans we were making donations yep we still gave yeah we, we still gave, gave... The church. we gave to a lot to our communities we were sponsor at the boys and girls club like so i ain't gonna tell you what to do by no means. But what I will say coming off the prayer, and this is literally for only the people who need to hear this, mm -hmm. of like giving while you have this goal, I believe is still very important. 
Yeah. I mean, especially people of, of faith community, mm-hmm. um, kind of ties back into like who we are and what is truly valuable to us. We've talked about how we set these goals as what was important to us. It didn't always make the most financial sense and definitely giving 10% of our income, you know, or more than that, um, doesn't make financial sense if you're saying like, I need to pay down my loans. That's a spiritual thing. That's a faith thing. That's, uh, you know, so our church talks about 10, 10, 80 is mm-hmm. like a philosophy. They have 10% is giving, uh, tithing, 10% is saving and building wealth. And 80% is living on that and finding contentment in that. Um, I would say during this time like if you had to break down the suggestions kirby and i are gonna say so like 10 percent was giving 10 percent was saving. saving so where's bills in this 80 percent is in the 80 you live on that and you find contentment <sighs> okay so so they're saying the second 10 of like the saving is like retirement and like now we saving. didn't really do that we didn't do aggressive on our time. We did do some just because it was, especially in the beginning when we were income-based, it helped to reduce what our income looked like. So it made those payments lower at the beginning. And then I personally had a strong um, inclination towards, so we did do retirement, not as much as we could have, but we did do some retirement even during the student loan repayment. Okay. Cause that's a big thing that, you know, if you did your homework, so if you're, because compound interest, mm-hmm. um, if you, when I graduated, I was 24. So we paid off the loans by the time I was 30. Yep. Um, and I think that's probably why we set that year, like yeah. that I wanted them gone. Um, but we kind of knew like, okay, we're, we're putting away money in to savings or into like retirement, not as much as we could be in my 20s, but come 30, we're, we still felt like we had time. If you're graduating at 30 and you mm-hmm. have, and I'm not age shaming anybody by any means, but the reality is, is that like you might not be able to, paying off in five years might not be a reasonable amount, goal if you are. Yeah. Because like you need the whole key to retirement is putting as much money away as early as possible. So like you just got to kind of like do And that these... gets back to what we said last week of like know your numbers and know what your preferences are. Yep. If you say like I need to have X amount in the bank or if you're talking to an advisor and they go, well, your loans are at 6% interest and the market generally grows at 10%. It doesn't make sense to do what you want to do, which is pay them all down. Um, you know, that's, that's ultimately going to be up to you. It is not... If it was pure numbers, if we were just able to do exactly what the numbers said, um, we it would work different. Like that would be an easier equation, but that still does involve some estimates on yeah on things. Again, but yeah. the episode is paying off your student loans. Yeah, and we did. So here we are. Boom. Um, the definition of mirth is gaiety or jollity, especially when accompanied by laughter. Ah, funny. Any connection to mirth? Mirth's not funny. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's not spelled with a Y like mer. Oh, mirth is M-I-R-T-H. Oh, so it's probably not the same. Although I do have now in my head that like one of the wise men laid down mer and was like, (laughs) get it? It's a joke. (laughs) It's a joke. (laughs) I'm going to edit that out. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, fine. Edit my shit out. Okay, so let's talk about uh, keys to paying this off. Okay, so quick summary. We graduated with, or you graduated with $175,000. 176, nine. 176, sorry. Then we did income-based repayment for like a year, year and a half. Yep. Um, found out that we owed over 180 then. Oops. Um, because the income just, or the interest keeps calculating and keeps growing. Um, so then when we did a, a look at it and realized that we were going to pay hundreds and hundreds of thousands, like 300 and some thousand dollars and still end up paying it off before anything would be forgiven. We said, let's get rid of this. Let's attack it. So with that in mind, um, let's just talk a little about what we did, kind of the keys. So you started with a good calculator. That's another important like kind of thing. And some like spreadsheets of figuring out if we pay, like you, we basically set a deadline. Yep. 
a t we set a timeline. And so the timeline is going to be different for everybody. So like, um, basically for ours, it was, you know, okay, we're going to pay $3,000 a month for this many months. Then we're going to up it to 3,500, then up it to 4,000, then up it to 4,500. Like, so whatever yeah. you can do, but find a good calculator and it will tell you like, okay, you will pay off your loans in 71 months. And then like, print that shit. Like that is a, you know, like yeah. this is your new guidebook. Yep. And, and the, the key with that thing of, of actually being able to increase your payments over time makes it more approachable because if you just look at it as paying it off in five years, you might get a crazy big number that right now you can't do. You might get a number like, Oh, I would need to pay $5,000 a month. And you go, well, I could do like 2,500 a month right now, but I can't do 5,000. That's okay. You can still probably pull it off if, as your business grows, your payment grows. So maybe mm -hmm. it is twenty five hundred right now, but next year it's thirty five hundred. The next year it's fifty five hundred. The next year it's you know like you you're gonna have to nothing's free if you if you know that the average is five thousand and you can only do twenty five hundred now. Know that at the end of your five year plan, it's gonna be seven thousand a month. Yeah, and that sounds super scary, but you also can't understand of how as your business grows, it might just be possible. And we're going yeah. to talk about some of the ways that, that you do that. Yeah. So get your calculator, figure out your timeline that like you're going to go for, you know, and everything is dirt, their goals, but then print it mm -hmm. and like, or maybe you're not, a, you don't, but like literally hold on to it. Don't exit out of the window because then like nine months from now, you're going to be like, I don't know. Like it's going to hold you accountable where you said like, oh snap. I said that December of 2020, I was upping my payment $500. Um, so it's just this accountability piece. And that needs to be in your mind too. Because yep. when, when it is December of 2020 and you're going like, oh, I am going to buy some nice extra Christmas presents. It was a pretty good no, year. No, you ain't, girl. Nope. You got bigger payments coming mm -hmm. next month. And it's better to have a little extra cushion uh, than it is to be behind the eight ball. Yep. So then I recommend um, looking at, so you need to know like, at this point, you should know all of your bills as far as your student loans, but you also need to know like all of your bills on a month to month basis in general. You need, you need budgets and you need budgets for your personal life and you need budgets for your business. Yes. We're going to go on the assumption here that you own versus are associating. If you're associating, it's pretty much just a personal budget yep. because you don't get to control of the business budget. Right. But, you know, you need to kind of figure out with that budget. And if you did the other homework that I threw at the end of go to listen to Hey Berna on YouTube, hope you had a good laugh. I hope you think that was as funny as I did. Um, she talks a lot about budgeting. Um, she Her story is I think she paid off like $50,000 in a year and a half of student loans or something like that. Awesome. Um, but, you know, when it comes to budgeting, you know, you have to know what you owe and then figure out like, okay, what percent, what do you make? What percentage are you going to put towards retirement? Are you comfortable only putting 5%? Mm -hmm. You know, if that, are you comfortable? Like if you're doing 0%, which we don't recommend, but like, okay, if that's what you're doing. If that's a trade, I mean, but that's the thing is like, if it's a trade off that you're willing to make right now of like, this is going to be the focus of the next five years of your life. You then don't what I tell people to not do is don't live multiple fantasies at the same time without realizing that they're next to each other. So if you're going like, well, I'm going to pay off tons of student debt in the next five years. And then after that, I'm going to be just as aggressive at filling my retirement. And then you forget about that. You said that. And then a week later, you're talking about, well, once I get these student loans paid off, then I'm going to buy a boat and I'm going to go traveling all the time. Those two things aren't going to happen at the same time. Right. So you can't go hog wild when you pay off your student loans and also fill up the retirement account that you've been neglecting for five years. So right. just always keep all things in the same headspace if mm -hmm. you can. So then you're, so you're figuring out what you're giving. You're figuring out what you're saving. We mm -hmm. highly recommend that just from a philosophical, spiritual standpoint, that there's at least some percentage in your budget that has that. It can be small, but I personally believe that if you don't donate and save when you, quote unquote, don't have money to be doing it. It's very hard to pick up. And you, people are always like, oh, once I, 
then I. And it's like, actually, studies show that that ain't how it works. Yeah, you're you're just money makes you more of the person that you were before anyway. So if you're not a generous poor person, you're very rarely a generous rich person. Okay, so anyways, so then you're going to have your amount that you need to like your lid on the rest. So you kind of said 10, 10, 80, mm-hmm. whether it's five, this, five, yeah. 90, whatever. But as yeah. you look at both your business and your personal budget and you know the number that you need to do to pay off your loans and, and we're going to keep going with five years just because that's what we did. Um, you'll see in a lot of your scenarios that you'll go, uh, these numbers don't add up. Yep. I, I can't pay five thousand dollars. I don't a have month. five thousand. I looked at my personal budget and I looked at my business budget, and it comes to twenty six hundred dollars. Now you get to look at your budgets again mm-hmm. and look at where you can cut. Where are there? Where are there efficiencies? And and from a business standpoint, you always want to keep in mind that like your ultimate responsibility is to deliver the best experience you can to your patients. Now. That doesn't, well, you may in your head psychologically go like, but they need a tufted couch to sit on in but the waiting room. That's how they get need the best result. Ship lap. Like, no, they don't. Really get to the bottom of what you're ultimately delivering and be as creative as you can. There's always different ways to do things sometimes. And it's what you have of if you are starting out in practice and you have time because you're not seeing a ton of people. Uh, but you don't have much money, then it is like, okay, instead of buying a sculpture for the front office, you buy a bicycle and paint it yellow. And that's your eye-catching fun piece in your lobby. Yeah. Or just don't worry about any of that and just market and makes more money. Um, But like, yeah, there's no, Instagram wasn't a thing when we first started. So I'll just paint a picture for you. Um, Our practice when we for the first six years no for the first five to six years there was red carpeting Mm -hmm. not cute red carpeting. no we did not like it no also carpet costs money it was red carpeting and it wasn't even like it really ended up only costing like four hundred dollars to re-carpet that area but um the carpet was functional it was functional and we had, it was about 800 square feet. Yeah. Whole clinic. Yeah. So we got up to 300 people a week in, with red carpet and, and 800 square feet. And yep. we did have, we did bring on a second CA around 150, 200 people a week. Yep. So like, you want to know how we made those things? We didn't get distracted by like, Ooh, well now I'm seeing 150 people a week. So now I need a bigger space. And we just got more and more efficient in in that so yeah so when you look at your budget it it's if you're starting out it is start as small of a footprint as small of a budget as small of overhead as possible if you're already in a space we're not saying like break your two-year lease but as you look at your five to seven year plan do you need all your space so if you got locked into a $3,500 a month lease that you're like, this is gorgeous, but I am barely breaking even. Maybe when that lease is up, that's where you find more money to put towards your student loans is downsizing I will your tell space. you that, so you can go smaller as long as it's still... It's still got to be... It's still got to be comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, your patients aren't really going to care. Like, this is the thing. I will tell you about that. Back to that red carpeting. So I remember these numbers very specifically because it was hilarious. I had 52 people on the schedule the first day that the place was recarpeted. Okay. Um, and it was very nice. Like, I mean, it wasn't like gold glitter carpet, but like it was just very nice. I it was fantastic compared to red. Yeah. Um, just nice professional carpet. Um, one person out of the 52 people said a damn thing. And you know who it was? It was my landlord's wife. The only person who commented, hey, nice carpet, was the woman who owned the building. And like, hey, thanks for improving my... Thanks for buying and installing this carpet for us. Yeah. So it was just like, nobody cared. So, you know, if if you are in that scenario where you're like, I really want to do this, but, you know, and who knows, maybe by the time your lease is up, you'll 
be able to afford staying in the space. But if you've overextended yourself, looking where you can cut back as soon as possible, looking for a cheaper space, it is total. Yeah. Patients do not care as much as your ego does. And on the personal side, it kind of gets to the ego a little bit too, is looking at where you can downsize if you're, you know, if you're renting, do you need all the space that you're in when that lease is up? Can you go smaller? If you are starting out and you don't have a significant other, like what about roommates? You know, mm -hmm. these aren't sexy things, but like we said, there's no, there's no trick. There's no rule 47B where like you get to pay off loans without working hard and saving. Like mm -hmm. it, we sound like old fuddy duddies, but it's, from experience, it's the only thing you can do. If you bought a nice car because you are now a doctor and you thought you deserved a fancy doctor car, maybe you can get out of that. Maybe you can sell that and get a used car and think about what the function of that is. Like the function of you as a doctor is to deliver results for your patients. The function of your transportation is to get you there safely and reliably doesn't necessarily need to have heated seats or okay, leather. Okay, but I will say or... heated seats are, might need to have heated seats. Okay, but here's the deal. If this, so this is a super non-sexy conversation, but here, let's take this um, car example. So let's say that you got yourself a car and your car payment is $500 a month. Okay. I don't know what a car costs. Yeah, that's a fairly newish car. Okay. And, decent, yeah. and you're like listening to this episode and you're like, hot damn, Lauren Kirby are my mentors. They're amazing. I'm going to write an Apple review right now. And then I'm going to go and sell my car and get a car payment that's only $200 a month. And you're like, boo, no heated steering wheel, but I still have heated seats. That doesn't sound sexy. Go to your back to your um, loan calculator and put in oh, an gosh. extra $300 a month to your payment. Just that $300 from the car and look at how many months, if not years, it takes off. So an extra $300 a month, that shit's exciting. When you put that, what happens if I pay an extra $300 a month into that loan calculator? You will see tens of thousands of dollars off the end number that you end up paying just because of that. Yeah. So if that, so like if you just need a little extra oomph. If you oomph, want, I, I did this calculation on something else, but if, if you bought a $20,000 car, um, like on a student loan, and it took 20 years to pay it back at average interest, you just bought a $77,000 car. Yeah. Yep. Like, that's insane. Mm-hmm. Yep, that that absolutely is. So it's, it's really looking at your budget, figuring out like, okay, well, I'm supposed to be paying this much. I can't pay that much. Then figuring out if it's possible, like, okay, well, what can you downsize in? Mm -hmm. And, and that's the thing is like, say if, if you, if for some reason that car is the most important thing and you look at that and you say, I just can't, I just can't. Maybe you're the person who doesn't need a TV and doesn't need any of the subscriptions or, yeah. or maybe your sister is doing just fine in life and you can just be an account on her Netflix. Exactly. Like save that 15 bucks. Like it's kind of ties into the next thing, which the next point that I had written down is fuck the Joneses. Like people get so obsessed with what other people around them have. And it's so easy to perceive loss or perceive less than for something that if you didn't even know about it, like if you just didn't watch the news or you didn't have any friends who got the iPhone 11 or whatever they're on now, your phone works like mm -hmm. you don't actually need it. But when you see like eight of your friends get it in the same week, you go like, God, I think I need that. Like, mm. I'm pretty sure I need a faster processor because like my Instagram was loading a little slow. It's hard because I have literally on previous episodes recommended get, making sure you have a really nice camera on your phone. If it does save marketing money. If it's so truly, was, if that one's yeah. truly a business thing, but, but a lot of times. if you have last version, you're fine. So here's the thing. Yeah, we didn't upgrade on this cycle and I love technology. I always Pretty want the apps. newest thing when it comes to tech because that's my passion. We both have. Uh, and when he said the phrase, we didn't upgrade on this latest cycle, he means Galaxy, Android. Uh, Google, Google. Pix Google Pixel phones are what we have now. And we have the Pixel 3 XL. And the 4 is out, and the 4 has a better camera and a better front-facing camera. But we don't have that because you know what? 
the three is still like the second or third best smartphone camera on the market. And yeah. you can buy a used one of those now for like $400. So if you've got an iPhone 6 and an iPhone 12 comes out, guess what? Don't look at the iPhone 12. Look at upgrading to maybe the iPhone 10 or 11. Yeah. Like those are going to become real cheap. And a used one too. Get Go refurbished wherever you can. But mm-hmm. like that, the thing with the Joneses is that too of like, especially when you're a professional. So like a lot of the people we're talking to are chiropractors, are veterinarians, are mm-hmm. dentists. People around you, including your family, might go, I thought you're a doctor. What are you still driving that like 04 Camry for? It's so that you can afford to be a doctor, like so you can have a life further down the road that's not burdened by debt. And honestly, what I'll say is a very, because like when you say that, my ego gets like, oh, you know, I, my personality is definitely the one that would be affected by um, keeping up with the Joneses the most is the response to that is a polite, like, I can afford a better car. And maybe you can't, maybe you're only seeing like five people a week, but like, you know, being like, yes, you're right. I am a doctor. I can afford a better car. I'm choosing to, while I can at this point in my life, aggressively work towards living a debt-free life. So like if you don't have kids yet, Mm -hmm. if you're not married yet, like all of a sudden you completely flip the switch because do you know how few Americans, even like a debt-free life is even on their like radar as a goal. So if you kind of, I don't, not saying that if somebody's a dick to you and it's like, I thought you were a doctor to like make them feel like a really small person. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying if you wanted a really good comeback, a very honest comeback is like at this stage, I've prioritized working towards debt-free living. And to that response, they're going to go, Oh, good for you. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to be then all of a sudden you're inspiring and not broke. Yeah. They were low level ego shaming you. And with a low level value shame back, (laughs) you kind of leave the playing field. Bye. And here's the other thing, too, is look at some of the people who are the longest and best at keeping and making money. So, you know, who Warren Buffett is, right? I mean, yes, he is the one of the richest men in the history of the world. Yep. And one of the best investors and one of the smartest people about money. I think he still lives in the house he bought in like the 50s. And he drove the same car from like 1960 to like 1980. Wow. Because he understands the value of compound interest. So for him, it wasn't paying down debt. He was he was aggressively staying debt free because he paid off those things very fast. But then also understood if I have $20,000 right now to play with, and I put that in a car that will go to zero value in 10 years, or I put that $20,000 into investing in my future and into my investments, then that becomes millions of dollars mm-hmm. 30, 40, 50 years down the road. So like, if you're looking to people, if you want to compare to someone, you can compare to rappers and rock stars who have burned through millions of dollars and now have very little to show for it in most cases, or you can look at the second richest man in the history of the United States and follow his example. Well, I was talking to Denisa um, when I was at the IF gathering. Denisa Weber, for yep. you who don't. In Dallas. She was on one of our episodes. And she, um, her practice is in a very beautiful um, suburb of Dallas. And I mean, it is impressive type of thing. It's a gorgeous suburb coming from like Rice Lake, Wisconsin. I'm like, oh my gosh, I've never seen so much money in one area. Um, But I'm trying to think, like, I think this is okay to share. But she said that her area has one of the highest suicide rates um, for like, white men in all of texas i think that like i'm sure there's all sorts of stats around that and i probably might have but basically it was like men committing suicide because they couldn't handle the stress of like keeping up with the joneses and like just not being okay with downsizing and it's just like oh my god it literally never ends i mean that's you hear that with the with wall street crashes you hear about traders jumping out of windows and committing suicide and it's that same thing of like Yes, you just lost your job, but you actually probably have a million dollars that you could live on for the rest of your life if you'd be willing to move to a small town. But that's not what it was ever about. It is you only see the people around you. You only compare yourself to those people. And the other thing that's I mean, that's the perfect example of 
people who have more than almost anyone else could ever imagine are still so stressed. And that's the nature of the hedonic treadmill. Mm -hmm. Billionaires still compete with other billionaires. Mm -hmm. You would think if I had $20 billion, I would have nothing to worry about. The thing you worry about is the guy who has $25 billion. That's nuts. Well, this is why, you know, um, I think, gosh, I should have done research on this, but like Jesus talks more about money in the New Testament than almost any other subject. And so like I've done a lot of, you know, because we do well, mm -hmm. we do very, very well. And when he says shit, like it's harder for a man to get into he a rich man to get into heaven than like a camel to go through the I eye of a needle. I'm like, uh, okay, I'm going to need to understand because I would really like to go to heaven. And um, I think I might hand raise qualify as a rich man by standards. Uh, so talk to me more. So I've done, you know, a lot of looking into is money bad? Is it that, you know, and it's like, no, it's these, those problems that we were talking about of the hedonic treadmill and like not being able to see your worth until you're at this point. It's all of that mental fuckery around mm -hmm. money. What is why it is, it's that bad, it's that low vibration. Yeah. Money can have a good vibration. Very wealthy people can go through the eye of a needle, but you just have to see it. What role does it play what role in your life? Are you worshiping money? Yeah. So and what's that's the... the problem is that like a lot of times we place making more money ahead of donating, ahead of being good to people, ahead mm. of, you know, like, and it becomes higher than our integrity and that's the problem is you are worshiping whether you realize it or not the dollar yeah well that's the one of the other jesus parables is a rich man comes to him and asks how to get into heaven that he keeps all the laws and all of that and jesus knows him and knows what's in his heart and he just says sell all your possessions and the man walks away mm -hmm. if if God is telling you how to have heaven or whatever that means to you, if that's somewhere else in white fluffy clouds or if that's internal peace and you hear the message, sell all your things and you will be happy and you go, yeah, I'm going to just stick with what I'm doing like that, that he knew that that held that role. And anytime man. we talk about that, that passage, I'm always like, but I really want the Peloton treadmill. Like, can there be a an easier well, yeah. and, I, and i've read analysis of that of like it's not that's not the thing for everyone but jesus knew for that man that was the thing that mm -hmm. was stopping him from engaging with his people with god with everything so it's know what role it has in your life and if these things when you're going through the step of like what to cut and worrying about the joneses if it hurts really bad or if you go absolutely not no way i will Ooh, those are always the things to look at the that's most. the thing where you're just like whoa did i just like scream out loud like you're not taking my escalade like <laughs> did that. i just say that out loud so you got to find out what you're attached to you got to not worry about or wherever you can try not to worry about comparing yourself to others and the other thing to remember in comparison to others is you don't know what's happening behind their closed doors so your neighbor might have all the toys and they might be in the same profession as you. You might be, you know, a chiropractor who lives in the same neighbor, uh, neighborhood as another chiropractor. And you're like, how are they doing this? Why do they have two homes and a boat? And I see them traveling. Oh, yeah. Counting other people's money. That's got to be a sense somewhere, too. Like I yeah. people do that all the time. OK, I'm trying to figure out because they can't possibly make more than X and yeah. that house costs this. And and for all you know, they have a rich relative who left them money or they're buried in debt mm -hmm. and they're fighting all the time about it or they're super, or they're happy. They're super they're happy right debt. now and it's all going to come to to bear when they're 60 and they can't retire you just can't know yeah so you cannot worry you yourself put with blinders that. on yeah you have to know your situation what you value what hurts what helps and just keep marching forward and then just be comfortable that this is the decision you've made and just tell felicia like yeah i'm working towards being living debt free all right, so this topic is super interesting and I know you're all getting a lot out of it. And I promise we're gonna return in just a minute. But first I have to tell you about some of my favorite deals, including one new one I got for you all on our She Slays Savings page. 
So first is my favorite artist and chiropractor, Sandy Arthur. She is the owner behind Sandy Spines. So check out her really beautiful art on either her Instagram at Sandy Spines or her Etsy page. Um, you're going to get 10% off her entire order at checkout just by mentioning She Slays. And also if she's got any stickers in stock, she's going to throw a couple of those in for you just because you're my friend. So if you've listened to episode six, you know that one of the biggest mistakes I made was waiting to add a practice coach to my life. Um, it's one of those investments that once I did it, I seriously never looked back. It's really great to have someone to bounce your ideas off of, and especially someone who's already made the mistakes and knows how to fix it and do it right. Someone who sees the things you're not even aware you might be doing wrong yet or how you could improve. So you've probably noticed I've had a few coaches on the show because like I said, I really like chiropractic coaching. And if you've listened to episode 29, you've already met one of the amazing women I recommend frequently, Dr. Nona Javid. She's the founder of the part-time million dollar cash practice, right? And you thought she slays savings was hard to say. So Dr. Nona is this brilliant and powerful woman who helps you build a practice to support the life you want, not a life that gets the leftovers of your business. So if you feel like you're a slave to insurance companies, not getting paid what you're worth, or spending too many hours in your clinic instead of living your life, she's your girl. So all listeners of the show will not only get a free one-hour consult with her, but also $300 off. Yes, you heard that. $300 off your first month of coaching with her. So check out our She Slays Savings tab on our website to get more info about Dr. Nona and her part-time million-dollar cash practice. That's sheslayspodcast.com slash sheslayssavings and click on Dr. Nona's beautiful face. So one more for today is my favorite techie thing we added to our practice in 2019, and that's the personalized clinic app from Connected and Inspired Media. It's a super well-made app for all prenatal and pediatric clinics that's a great resource for all of your patients. It's full of educational material, exercises, rehab, brain exercises, stretches. You're going to love it. So for more information, check out our She Slays Savings page on our website. And of course, mention She Slays when signing up and save 20% off your first month. Okay, that's it for now. Let's get back to the show. So... We have looked at our numbers of what we need yep. to pay. We have looked at our, our personal and our business budget. We found where we can cut. We have done that with an attitude of we're going to do what's good for us and we're going to let other people do what's good for them and yep. not worry about it. Next, we need to talk about where some of that extra money is going to come from and what do we do as we move on. So we built You're this. You're talking about hustling on the weekend? Uh, actually, I was talking about if something windfalls and it and raises and hustling on the weekend, any extra I was money. making a joke about prostituting. Oh, I thought you were saying like get an extra job or drive an Uber, which totally is also good. totally good. Yes. This is what you said. But drive an Uber. Also prostitution. I mean, no. your, your body, your choice. I have no problem. With it. It's illegal, but unless you're in certain counties in Nevada. Okay. But anyways, not good for your brand. No. No. no sex work and chiropractic are. Let's get back to the point. Okay. So extra money. So um, say you you're doing a good job. You are your plan was that you were going to make one hundred thousand dollars as a family, and then your spouse, who's not a chiropractor, just has a normal nine to five, gets a twenty five thousand dollar raise. Let's go buy a boat, right? Nope. Don't but, think so, Tom. <laughs> Tom, you don't get a boat. <laughs> no boat, Tom. Paying off that loans. So all of a sudden, that extra twenty five thousand dollars a year goes towards is now loan money loan money so that's where you go like okay i was gonna pay four thousand a month and now i have an extra twenty five thousand dollars for the year two thousand more a month mm -hmm. towards loans you built a budget for your family that you could live on your hundred thousand dollars and now this bonus money is bonus money mm -hmm. you stay in your same budget your budget doesn't grow with your income until you don't have loans anymore. Rich great aunt dies, $10,000, what you doing with it? Putting it on that loan. Yes, you are. Wait, buying a boat? No. Nope. Is that what I was supposed no to say? No boat, Tom. Uh, <laughs> so the same thing with tax refunds, with if your business performed better than you thought it was going to, all of that is immediately it. It's kind of like the Dave Ramsey debt snowball thing mm -hmm. of like, you know, you pay off a debt and that you don't stop paying money into debt you just take that and you roll it into the next thing it's just on the other side of it any new income you have goes towards the loan immediately you don't start spending money that you don't have yet so 
I actually, let's talk about that on a micro scale okay. because we're talking about on a big scale of like, oh, if you find you have an extra $10,000 in a year, mm-hmm. I want to talk about it if you find you have an extra 50 bucks in two weeks. So a lot of times when we're talking about budgets, it's done in like month numbers of like, if you have $1,200 of yada, yada a month. Mm-hmm. So one of the keys, whether you, um, kind of whoever you study under for debt repayment, I don't know. I have yet to come across one and there might be one that they all recommend either looking at your month and your what you owe in either week by week or biweekly at most. Is it biweekly or bimonthly? Biweekly. Okay. So every two weeks. Yes. So like with a paycheck type of thing. So let's say this. Okay. So let's say that you, um, whether you're an associate or you're on your own, uh, you pay yourself and you're uh, you make $2,000 every two weeks. Okay. So you make $4,000. You're killing it. You're doing really good. Though. Is that too much math? Yeah. It's like $104,000 a year. I thought 2000 times two is 4,000. Oh no, every two weeks. Never mind. Yep. You're good. Okay. I'm going. Yeah. Every two I, weeks. I thought you were saying every week. I was like 2000 a week. Jeez, no. You're doing good. So you're making $2,000 every two week paycheck and you have figured out like including your in, you have your debt amount in there. You know how to live on $2,000 a week, okay? Again, two weeks, sorry. So then let's say you get to the end of two weeks and you, for some reason, only spent like $1,700. You paid your student loan, you paid your electricity, you paid your car, you paid all this stuff, and you only spent $1,700 in this two-week period. Extra $300 going towards a boat, Kirby? No. No. No boat. You are going to do an additional loan payment so here's the exciting part that i'm gonna need your help on because like i don't know how to explain it so basically so let's say that you figured out um that you are going to be paying uh three thousand dollars a month towards your student loans you're getting after them and of that eighteen hundred dollars oh that's bad math i'm gonna get lost in this let's say fifteen hundred is interest okay Mm -hmm. so anything in that 30 day period, because they bill you once yep. a month, that you pay over $1,500 goes okay. towards principal. So if you can squeak an extra $20 in that month, that everything over that in that 30 yep. days goes towards principal. And that is. And that pays you back long term. Because once it's gone from principal, then they no longer charge interest on it. Mm-hmm. So that, it seems like nothing. It seems like $20. But say it was going to take you 10 years, $20 of compounding interest is going to eventually cost you a lot of money. So break it down. If you have the ability to break your life down into weekly, so you can look up like just, it's like the envelope system basically. Uh, You know, so what you would do is like, let's say you pay $400 a month in rent. Mm -hmm. You would, air quotes here, pay $100 in rent every week instead of $400 once a month. Mm-hmm. So like, that's how you would like micro budget on a weekly basis. So like, again, if you were paying four, three, I don't know, bad at math, $2,000 a month in student loans, you would say, okay, on my weekly budget, I'm paying $500 a week towards student loans. And you can literally pay that if you want, as yeah, long you as can like you're them up depending on your lender. And stuff, you can yeah. literally, you know, sometimes you get, but, um, and again, if you get to the end of the week and you have an extra 10 bucks, Throw it on that student loan payment. And that gets to the next point really well of when you're doing these things and you're focusing on a weekly and biweekly and monthly basis of what you're doing and where you've saved a little extra and where you put more towards it, you're you're hurting on some of this. Like some of this is depriving yourself. So celebrate your payback wins. Celebrate that you did an extra $50 or $100. Now, how you celebrate might be the cheapest champagne in the world. I'm not saying <laughs> yeah, go buy a say. bottle of Vouv because, you know, don't go spend $60 on a bottle of champagne because you paid an extra $60 down on your student loan. But this, uh, oh, this gets to a point that we haven't really talked about is you and your spouse need to be completely on the same page on this because this is serious, serious stuff. This yeah. is change your life, drive every decision of your life. So if you are... We got a question a while back from a Dr. Amy 
uh, that we haven't answered yet, but it, it does deserve a whole episode of like, so this is assuming you and your spouse are on the same page and what to do if you're not. We'll, yeah, we'll and we'll that. we'll approach that. But like this, this kind of has to be this because if you're going like I saved an extra forty dollars and I put it towards a loan, and Tom is getting, damn it, Tom. getting these boat brochures, <laughs> and you know he's he's already bought his. Well, I'm trying to think of what people on boats wear. Bait. Oh, buy they buy bait. They buy bait. I was thinking more of like he's got a captain's hat. <laughs> Then you got a problem. This yeah. isn't going to quite work out if uh, if he's eyeing your extra fifty dollars and going like, "Ooh, that's that's a new uh, that's a new fishing rod." Mm -hmm. So you got to be on the same page. And when you are on the same page, celebrating those little things. When you talk about your week and it's not, um, I haven't gone out for coffee in two weeks, but instead it's, I found a way to get fifty more dollars towards the loan. We are that much closer. Like we are on pace, we are doing it. Mm -hmm. I am so proud of one of our associates and her husband have been working so hard at paying down their debt. They got to post on Instagram the other day that they are now um, basically small debt free. I think they have a mortgage and student loans is mm -hmm. it. They don't owe anything on credit cards. They paid off both of their cars and they both have decent cars, like good, not super, super fancy, but like mm -hmm. nice functional cars. And they are so proud of themselves. And that is the kind of thing of watching them celebrate is what you need to do. Because if you're only seeing the I downside. I think they went vegetarian to pay oh, off. to pay so off. So, like, it's kind of, I mean, Katie, Dr. Katie loves animals. Oh, my gosh. So, she I think it was not, like, a yeah. hard push. But, like, they basically Said, like, yeah, this is where we're spending money. Yeah. That level of protein. on They ate rice and beans. A lot of lunches and stuff like that. Well, and Quinn's, like, a fitness trainer and bodybuilder at certain points so yeah. when he's in bodybuilding mode and he's like yeah so when we're done with dinner i'm gonna go home and eat a pizza yeah. so he could spend some money if he was eating yeah. high-end protein <laughs> yeah so yeah be on the same page yep um so let's do a quick i mean this is already getting to be a somewhat long episode in its own right but let's talk to people who are in school are still in school yeah like, you ain't off the hook. You are not off the hook. Because a lot of your loans are probably not subsidized. And here's the other thing, too, is this is this is a hard learned lessons for us that we've talked a little bit about because um, we didn't do a lot of this while Lauren was in school. And I really wish we would have. Me too. We kind of talk about hashtag mistakes I made. Yeah. I went to Vegas. I mean, I didn't gamble, but. Yeah, I had no reason to be going to Vegas for spring break. And, yeah, and we would go out to you know I was I was working and I didn't have student loans. I only went to undergraduate. I didn't have student loans and I got a good job out of school. Mm -hmm. And so I was living the life of someone who is single, you know, like only on my own, no loans, and thinking I'm fancy. And you lived it right alongside me mm -hmm. on student loan money. Yep, like that was a big, big mistake for us. Of living like we had it when we didn't have it. Mm -hmm. And every dollar that we borrowed, we paid back with interest literally a lot. Mm -hmm. And that was even with a five-year repayment. I can't imagine how much we could have saved. Yeah. So what can students do? Um, so They have to know their money too. So like this is, you do the homework from episode one of call and say like, okay, so how much is my loan payment with you? And when's the next amount? Ask them. What would happen? So let, let's say that um, you're on the phone and they're saying like, yep, so you're you're set up to get uh, you're approved for a five thousand dollar loan uh, quarterly. Every four months, you're basically going to get another five thousand dollars. Ask them what happens if I have an extra thousand dollars at the end of that quarter. Can I how do I pay that back? Ask even first. What happens if I don't take that thousand? Because I think, and I'm not sure if this is with every loan, is I think some of the loans, when it's issued, you get a fee on top of it that's automatically added to your principal. So if you borrow $5,000, say there was like a 3% fee, you would then have an extra $150 mm -hmm. on your total. So you borrow 5,000, you now owe 5150. Mm -hmm. And even if you give a thousand back, it's still 40. And it starts collecting interest. Yeah, depending on the structure. So, of the loan. you know, if you calculate your budget, because you guys should be doing this budget. So let's say that you realize, like, okay, they're going to give me $5,000 every quarter. Can you live on $1,500? 
So ask this question. What happens if I only ask for $2,000? If I qualify for more and I need to take out more for some reason, can I in that quarter? Yep. I don't know what the answer is going to be. Yeah. But ask them. Ask like, okay, I qualify for 5,000. If I only take 2,000, but I find like in another month and a half, I actually do need, you know, your car broke down, you know, like you need that. Can't, do you have access to it? And if they say like, no, you got to take it all. Maybe the first quarter you take the full five and then you only spend two, but now you always have that $3,000 cushion and you go. So now I'm only going to borrow two Mm -hmm. each quarter. Because I know I have this yep. in my savings account that is untouchable. You have to make, you have to have really black and white rules around what is touchable and untouchable in your money. Yep. Um, and with that in mind, like w- with the borrowing, like I said, if you are going to take 20 years to pay back a loan and you're in school and you're like, well, I mean, I have all this money. They're offering me all this money. I could get a decent car. I could get a $20,000 car. If you pay that back over 20 years, that's a $77,000 car. That is not a $20,000 car. Don't do it. Mm-hmm. Have fun with your friends, make those connections, but those vacations and those cars and the nicer apartment that's closer to the coffee shop. It and might you be... didn't need roommates. If you... Yeah. Oh, well, that's one of the other things. Roommates. Have roommates. You have to have roommates. It's, I mean, dividing your expenses instead of you, because especially with things like every place, if you're a student, you probably need internet at home to do your work. Mm-hmm. And you need internet because everyone needs internet all the time. Mm-hmm. It's just the how things are. If you are by yourself, you're paying a $100 cable and internet bill or whatever on your own. Roommates, divide it by four. Rent, divide it by four. Heating bill, divide it by four. Like, mm-hmm. you have to. There's just, unless you have rich parents who are covering all this. Well, in which case, you're not getting those, student loans anyway. Right. And for those that are listening and they're like, well, I'm married and I have a kid. Okay, like these are just suggestions that were thrown out there. I'm not saying, but but guess what? There are lots of people that have like in a bigger city who have like a furnished basement that basically they've turned their house into a duplex. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I'm not saying put your child's life at risk by moving into a ghetto situation, but like there are options. You don't have to live in a two bedroom home you know, you don't have to buy a home. Like, you can live small. You can live in a one-bedroom apartment, bare minimum. Like, yep. it, this is, you're a student. Live like a student. Absolutely. Take this time. And so many of your fellow students are in the same boat, so you don't need to show off, thankfully. Like, no. you kind of get around to some of that, you know, living up with the Joneses thing. Um, the next thing, again, a thing that, that we didn't do with you, but would have been smart, is get a job. Yep. I talk about this a lot, that I wish I would have had a job. It's so hard, and it's hard for me as an outsider because I saw how hard you worked at chiropractic school. It is very, very hard. Like, first and foremost, yes, you need to learn your trade. You need to learn this information. That's what's best for your patients. And it would have been extremely hard on you. But. But, and we're not talking about, like, 20 hours a week. I mean, if you can get a job. So the reason I always recommend getting a job is not even for, because you might go, like, Holy cow, I worked however many hours over this two-week period, and I got a check paycheck for $160, you know, like, because it, realistically, you know, although waitressing, but, um, mm-hmm. you know, you're probably making, like, 10 bucks an hour or something like that. And if you're talking about working 8 to 10 hours a week, you know, it's not a big paycheck, but what it does is it really shifts your mindset into being grounded and connected to what it takes to earn a dollar. Yes. And so it is more of a having a job. You are going to be much more less likely at going to the Cheesecake Factory on Friday night because you've been studying all day and like, oh, my total was, you know, twenty six dollars plus a tip. That means not as much when you're just completely is is, if your reference point is I get five thousand dollars every four weeks or four months instead of. My paycheck is 160 bucks, and I just spent 35 of it at on mediocre egg rolls at Cheesecake Factory. Like, so it just it really keeps you just much more grounded and connected to the value of a dollar. It also keeps you a little bit busy too. Of like, if you only have, you're probably like, working Friday night. Yeah, you're probably working Friday night. That's the best shift. 
you still get to meet up with your friends after you still get to have some fun, but you aren't in that like all the time mode of the people who also don't have jobs are kind of in that same thing of we all get a bunch of money. We all hang out all day. We, you know, when classes are done Friday, we're going to go grab dinner and then we're going to go out to the bars or whatever. Like if you're all together all the time and you're all spending money, you just kind of get wrapped up in that wave. Mm -hmm. If you're the person who has to go work a shift and then you say, I'm done at midnight, I'll meet up with you guys. You get to have the end of the night fun and be. You're also going to end up being everybody's DD. That's true. They're going to be like, sweet. <laughs> well, then you then you put the Uber sticker in your front window and you charge them. <laughs> Side hustle. Side hustle. We call that second money. The other thing with the job, and this is something I've heard from a couple of people, is, you know, so you can go for the job that's most lucrative, which is probably going to be some kind of server. Like mm -hmm. tips will be good, bartender or server. Um, one of the things that can save you money as you're starting practice, though, is if you can get a position in a well-running chiropractic clinic as like a front desk person. So you, if there is a really, if your ideal clinic, if you are a you know, pediatric, you want to be a pediatric specialist and there's a great clinic in the area of your school that you can go work at. Talk Even about, if it's just Saturday mornings, they do a yeah. Saturday morning shift. Like you are likely to get a, that job because, you know. Yeah, they want someone who cares. They want someone who, who knows the industry, who's not just, you know, going to be scheduling, but actually gets what's going on there. And you get to learn so much. If we lived in a town where someone where there was a chiropractic school or where someone could commute to, they would get an education working for our clinic based on all the things that we've learned, that our front desk people have learned and taught us, that our associates have learned. You just pick up so much stuff that how many things in school where they taught you in a classroom went in one ear and out the other because you didn't see why it mattered? Yep. Absolutely. Is this going to be tested? How are they going to ask the question on the test? Yeah. That's all that. But when you're in that working environment and you get it, and you also get to save yourself a lot of mistakes. If you're in a place and you go like, oh, they don't take insurance and this is why, or they do take insurance and they use this software, but they always hate it and they talk about how they wish they could switch. You don't have to go with that bad software. You can switch before you even start. So it's an education. It, you're being paid for extra education and it keeps you busy and it helps you learn. Yep. So. Yep. Give it back. Give that money back. Don't take it. And with all of this, this gets really heavy. And, and like we said in the beginning, it can be such a burden. But remember that there's a lot of people in the same boat. There's a lot of people around you um, who are going through similar things. You're absolutely not alone. It can be a long road, but it's a worthwhile road. Uh, being on the other side of it, not that we have everything figured out with money. Um, but I will say it is one of the best things we ever did uh, psychologically and personally to not have that hanging over our heads. I don't regret a second of it, even if it wasn't financially, numerically, the best way to go about it. I agree. Good job. You did it. Good job, you. Okay, so this probably um, stimulated a lot of questions, comments. I will tell you that I don't know if we can ask answer a lot of questions mm -hmm. like if you have specific questions a lot of times it takes a specific answer so like but we want to know um if you've paid off your loans and you're listening to this what did you do that we didn't like if we didn't say something that's like oh duh or if we don't know about mm -hmm. you know um some loophole 42 yeah. loophole 42b um, it involves giving away puppies it was written by jason jason so um, we want to hear it. And yeah, we just, again, we know that the amount you owe, it is, it is not your worth. <laughs> like it does not define you as a doctor. People who owe less or who have paid it off are not better than you. Like, so that's what I have to say. Good luck. Hang in there. Keep working towards it. Just do the next right thing. Yes. As always. All right, Cheese Slayers, love you so much, and we will see you next week. Bye. Hey, Cheese Slayers, are you looking to get your team off the phone and streamline your front desk so you can spend more time doing what you love? SCED has exactly what you're looking for. They will automate all your appointment reminders, missed appointment reminders, reactivation campaigns allow you to have two-way texting with your patients. Plus, they have a very cool app that your patients are going to love.
The app alone saves chiropractors tons of time because it gives patients the flexibility to move appointments to a time that works better for them. Don't worry, you won't lose control of your schedule because you'll have access to all the parameters that keep you still in control. Plus, there's overbook protection, so your schedule won't get out of hand. SCED was created by a chiropractor for chiropractors, so you can rest assured that you're getting the absolute best system for your office. Dr. Eric Kowalki is committed to the chiropractic mission, and he works closely with his developers to always be innovative so that we have the best system available. If you're hesitant to switch to SCED because you already use something else, let me tell you, it's worth every penny. Plus, mention that you heard about it on my podcast and they'll give you a discount. Seriously, it is a game changer. Don't wait. 